Lucky you. 36 you best holes in golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about Sandy. golf. Poker. James Bond. Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script. Down the stretch they come. We are glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the match that Sean Connery and uh, what was Oric Goldfinger's name? Um, Gerda Frobe. Bert Frobe had at uh, in Goldfinger, where Bond misses a short putt at the end, and then they, you know, it's like strict rules of golf. You play the wrong ball. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's interesting about that. I was I was doing a little reading. Apparently, that was what inspired Sean Connery to go on and continue playing golf. He he enjoyed that so much that that round was played at a place called Stoke Park in England and it was a Harry Colt design 1908 it was it's used for other things it was in another James Bond movie and some other movies it's a big old uh palace like looking place and I guess it was just recently sold for 79 million dollars and they're going to read read up on it but Harry Colt was pretty uh major guy back in the day <clears throat> so it's interesting that you know odd job was caddying on a Harry Colt course Right. Yeah, because uh, those golf courses would have plenty of caddies and they carried one bag. Yeah. You got a bit of a story or a yarn, every other hole from the guy and might have had a bottle in his bootleg. Yeah. But yeah, that remind me of how that match went. They let's go back. Their first encounter was at the Fountain Blue Hotel, right? This Correct. is what I like about this, the, the the journey that you go through. We've gone from Miami Beach. That's where we start this, right? Yeah. Yes. And the, uh, where he interrupts Goldfinger's cheating gin game. <laughs> Goldfinger has the headset on and uh, uh, Shirley Eaton, I believe it was, was upstairs. He just picked up the Jack of Diamonds. That's the four of diamonds now, you know, giving Goldfinger the, the look. And it always, I, I was always like, this is a guy that's got all kinds of gold. He flies all over the world. He owns clubs and he's cheating at gym. Reminds I mean, me of know. a couple of people that we know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they can't get yeah. enough, you know? You can't and get he enough. Probably, he probably was a decent gin rummy player if he played by the rules, right? Sure. Of course. You play, they were playing 10 cents a point, I think. And it was, you know. You know, Bond gets on the headset and says, let's say you lose 10,000. Let's no, let's be generous. Make it 20 or something like that. So good technology back in 1964. That's 50 years ago. They had that two ray radio where she was on the uh, penthouse floor out in the balcony. Yeah. With with the uh, with the um, the lens looking right down on, on his yeah. hand. Right. Yeah. She had the little thing in her ear. Yeah. And, and uh, Sean Connery hits the mic. Back, back, back. He's like, whoa, whoa. But but also what I like about Bonds before we go into the golf, because we're at the Fountain Blue, is the opening scene goes from a scene where a figure skater is skating in an indoor ice rink in Miami Beach at the Fountain Blue Hotel. And then you see people, or it's the opposite Swimming, way. yeah. Guys making this 30-foot high dive into the pool, and then you see him go under through the glass and so yep. forth. And, and then uh, Dink or whoever it is is giving him a massage at the poolside when... Yep. Uh, 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 yeah, in in his cute little uh, terry cloth suit. Yeah, right. 
So now we, yeah, he gets the assignment, and now what, what he well, heads he, over. To, yeah. As as James Bond always did to his um, nemeses, is he agitated the hell out of them. He didn't really sneak up on them. He like burst on them and gave them, you know, broke their chops as as much as he could on every level. Whether it was at the baccarat table or the roulette wheel or wherever it was, he let them know I'm here and I win these games, which is the. The greatest thing about James Bond was he always wins. You can count on it. I'm not a cigarette smoker or maybe wouldn't condone it or anything like that. But you have to remember that opening scene in Dr. No. When he's at the, the first time you see James Bond ever. Yep. And he has this unfiltered cigarette and he takes the gold lighter and lights it. And he, everything he did was cool. Yep. Bond. James Bond. That's exactly how he said yep. his name. And yep. and uh, all right. So, yeah, he showed up always. He he was that penny that kept showing up to annoy the evil guy or the protagonist in the in the in the plot. Right. And so, yeah, you know, so he shows up to play golf with Goldfinger and he drops a at one point, he drops a gold bar. On one of the greens or tees, which catches uh, um Right on the green. It was on the green, right, right there on the, the green, first yeah. green. What are we going to play for? And <laughs> drops yeah. the bar. Yeah. I hope he had a divot repair thing. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so they play for that. And, and you know, Bond catches them cheating. Odd job drops the ball out of his pants. Ah, 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 ah. You know, oh, it's over here. <clears throat> and uh, Bond's caddy says something like, "I, you know, I don't think that's his ball. And Bond's like, it's not his ball. How do you know that, sir? Because I'm standing on it. So he switches balls, you know, strict rules of golf, and he ends up, you know, winning and agitating Goldfinger even more to the point where Oddjob cuts the, the statue's head off, throws his hat and cuts the statue's head off. And Bond says to Goldfinger, the club secretary is not going to be too happy with you. Oh, I don't think so, Mr. Bond. I own the club, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's where they, that you know, that was their second encounter with each other. And Goldfinger even says, "I should. Th this is the second time you've monkeyed with me. I should think the first time would have taught you a lesson, because, you know, the first time he ends up painting Shirley Eaton gold. She suffocates her by painting her in gold." Yeah, and I remember I was young. It. I was like, "Wow, this is kind of yikes, painting somebody head to toe." Yeah, it was a little racy too, because she had no clothes on. Uh, yeah, and, and well, bonds was... were always a little racy. Right. They never went too far, but they were always knocking on the door. Yeah, especially like in the opening scenes when the theme songs, you'd see these people dancing around or swimming around. They're or whatever. swimming around or coming out of bar gun barrels or straddling gun barrels. The credit, right. the credits are probably there. There's no better movie credits that I've ever seen. That I I always made it a point, and I still make it a point. If James Bond is coming on one of the TVs, I'll if I don't have time for the whole movie, I'll watch the credits because the the credits are always very well done. Well, not only that, but the director and producers of those films did something that many people have imitated, or maybe they did before. I'm not sure where it came out. They give you a little piece of the plot. Yeah, and yep. then and then the credits. Yeah. And then we'll probably have to play the famous James Bond theme song here. Yeah. You know, if we dun, dun, can dun, find dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. And then that's where that would come in. And that, probably that was the most warming part of the movie for you when you heard that music. And yeah. it's been it's been in every one of the 25 Bonds, right? 
Yeah, and some of the middle ones they they used it sparingly. I guess it was maybe after the uh, Saltzman died and uh, Cubby Broccoli was doing it, and then he died, and his wife kept it up. But um, you know, there's such a long history of James Bond, and there, there's always a discussion: who was the best James Bond? Was it Sean Connery? I don't think it was a discussion. It's either Sean Connery or Daniel Craig, if you like the updated versions, because the Roger Moore ones were entertaining, but they were more campy. They were almost like they were spoofing themselves. Well, and Pierce Bronson was pretty good as well. But of the first and the last, the Craig and the and the Connery, if you thought there was going to be a fist fight, you'd believe either one of those two would be in a karate or a fist fight or something like that. Roger Moore you know, not as believable, uh, no. Pierce Brosnan, uh, but I, I like Daniel Craig. I think he did a great job in the five that he did. And, uh, Connery did seven, he did six, but then they pulled him out of retirement, probably about money. And the seventh one wasn't good. And never say never again. Yeah. But the, the, the other thing that I liked in the, at least the first half a dozen or eight or nine of them is the core team, you know, money, penny, you know, oh yeah, gosh, yeah, an M and Lois Q. Maxwell was Lois Maxwell a looker when she was 20, 25? I guess she was, she like was an just, office looker, right? Yeah, she was just look good looking enough to you know. But she but she it, definitely had a thing for Bond, who you know just basically teased her. She had that were kind of like the administrative, the backbone of of MI six or whatever it was. Yeah, that, and the disciplinaries. Right, right. So the the people that tried to keep James Bond in line, right, knowing full well they couldn't do it, and Q uh, of those Q was the, the standout because, you know, he'd go down to see all the new equipment, he'd start messing with stuff, blowing things up, and you know, Q would always be like, "Don't touch that, don't push that button," you know. What what was your first or or the first recollection of a gadget? that you can't forget about that he created in James Bond. The ejector seat. Absolutely, the red button. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, there were Corgi toys. I don't know if you remember them when we were kids. They, they were heavy metal cars and trucks and they actually had suspension. They were, they were expensive. You know, you tried to collect them. And they, after Goldfinger, they came out with the Aston Martin and they, you could actually put the shield up in the back or release the machine guns out the front. Or hit the ejector seat and the, the roof would fly open and a little guy would shoot out. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. You know, before handheld uh, iPhones, that was something to, to have as a kid, those kind of toys. Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think the um, backpack that he wore, was it in Thunderball? Thunderball. Yeah. Where he put the backpack on. Makes the, the escape, of, yeah. Makes the, what would you call that device? It was kind of like a backpack. A, uh, a jetpack? A jetpack, that's right. And and that and they said most of the, the gadgets, they were real. It's believable. You know, nowadays it's a little different, I think, but they weren't that ridiculous. I mean, remember he had the, the, the tricky attache case where if you push the buttons one way, gas would come out. It came in handy in Russia with uh, love. Yep. Yeah. And that was another gadget that was on the market for a while, you know, the the 007 attache case a plastic thing where the gun you, the knife was in there and the gun and you know the the products that they sold as a result of these films was you know you know when you're 10 11 12 13 years old you're gobbling that stuff up 
if the if some Madison Avenue executive didn't create a thin leather duplicate of what he had in Russia with love and sold it to every businessman that walked in every major city, exactly. they missed the, they missed the market. They there, missed right? the market because that was that was how you're cool, gold, right? Yeah, yeah. It had the gold <laughs> and it had the little pen, the knife. Yeah. The other the other one I like, and it was in Russia with love, is um, uh, Rosa Kleb. Remember the, the beginning the of the foot. movie? Yeah. yeah, she had the knife that came out of kind out of, of like her toe. big toe. In the, yeah. and, and and that knife was nothing to mess with. That was no. worse than a rattlesnake. Yep. Go around trying to kick everybody. Yeah. I but think... that, you know, the, the, those, the original movies, you know, really kind of set a high bar. And, and then it kind of, I think they went into neutral through Roger Moore and some of the others. Pierce Bronson, they were okay. You know, the, the, technology and the jumping around and the tours then when daniel craig came along they took a different approach he was a much more serious james bond and it worked in my opinion it worked it was you know i mean there's always the continuity issues which i'm a stickler for like in casino royale you know one of the big dramatic scenes is when uh when uh the chief has four jacks in the hold'em game yep and he gives him the false tell. Yeah. You must have thought I was bluffing, Mr. Bond. And Bond has aces full of kings. It, 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 there's only one hand that can beat him. It, it, it's not like, you know, it was like a hero call. No. No one's folding that hand, aces full of kings. It's, it's not, they didn't need to set up the false bluff or the false tell. But what does Vince Van Patten say? He says, somebody's going broke here. Yeah, somebody's going broke here. Yeah, yeah you, you, you just, you, you, there are coolers. You know, it's like in poker when you get it. I was sitting next to a woman and I had a pair of fives and the flop came eight, five, two. So I flopped trips. Yeah. And she, this woman at Kennel Club is a very solid poker player. She's as good as you and I are. And uh, I bet she called. I bet she called. And then we got <laughs> it all in. She had eights. She so flopped eights, trip yeah. eights. What are you going to do? Seven. What are you going to do? You're, you're going to lose set. your money. Yep. You're going to lose your money. You, you think all those guys in the last hand in Casino Royale felt. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, the first guy's got a, a the nut flush. The second guy's got a boat. The third guy's got a higher boat. And then Bond has the straight flush. It's like, yeah, party poker. Here we go. Yeah, but it, exactly. it's still entertaining. It's it was it was entertaining because, you know, not everybody's as geekish about oh, no limit holding. Yeah, exactly. We are. exactly. And they I'm use a, they I'm use a the critic. They use the top the the current fun gambling yeah. thing, which is poker. But it was time. during during the craze. So Lois Maxwell, we both agree, she was attractive enough to keep it interesting, and yep. she never quite got it over the line. Did she ever have a date with James Bond ever? Maybe in the newer ones, but not Lois Maxwell. No, no, and but she the, played in a lot of them. She was there, and I think Q probably was the the longest lasting of of. Uh, of that core group and and by default because james bond's kept changing he probably made the most james bond movies of any one actor i'll bet she was in at least a half of them there was sean connery seven craig so far as if he comes back from the dead is five right yeah he's gonna have to they're gonna have to erase that last movie for him to come back from the dead i have a strong opinion about that movie well and let's it, talk about it <clears throat> It transcends the movie itself. It's like, who do they think they are to think they can kill off James Bond? 
whoever made that movie, and I don't, I don't want to get into the personalities, made a big mistake because you can't kill James Bond. He's coming back, whether it's with them or somebody else, whether it's Daniel Craig or Idris Elba or any number of people in right. today's day and age, it could easily be a woman. It It's coming back. James Bond's coming back. You, you can't kill James Bond. This makes it hokier for the next Bond to rewrite the story to he really didn't die or he went oh, into they'll just have to ignore it or they'll have to ignore it. And yeah. um, well, it's kind of hard to compare James Bond to the classic movies because well, I guess you could the thin man. But was the thin man really kind of like James Bond? I don't know. They're the same two characters, right? Three, the dog. Maybe the saint. The saint. You know, but but never never to the extent of James Bond, who is, you know, the times always play a part in how these movies are made. And in the later Bond movies, like especially the last few with Judy Dench, there's one scene where he's chasing the bad guy. Yep. And he's on a motorcycle. He's riding over rooftops. This is James Bond chasing the bad guy, and he's got a headset on. Yeah. And M is kind of kibitzing. Right. And I'm like, leave the guy alone. It's James Bond. He's 150,000 and O in these situations, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> but she doesn't leave him alone. She says, take the shot, take the shot. They end up shooting him. I, I know the that, answer that to my question. Skyfall. Yeah. I know, the, I know the answer to my question, so I'm going to ask you. What's the toughest predicament that he got himself out of? I know the one. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That one I thought was a, a tough one, where he's strapped down with the laser beam going up the middle. With he took it right out of my head, yeah. where he's on a he's on a table, yeah. and the laser beam is on some sort of like roller, and it's coming yeah. toward you it's know cutting right through there. The, yeah, it's cutting through the steel, and he's like, "Do you expect me to talk, Goldfinger?" Oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> but then he says the magic word. What was it? Operation Grand Slam, and like, whoop. Okay, you know. What do you know about let's, that? Let's let's figure this out. Yeah. How badly you think he was uh, after? Was it? Um, it was Thunderball when he was in that stretching machine, and the attractive physical therapist left him, and then the the yeah. bad guy came and <laughs> turned yeah, it up. turns it all the way up. <laughs> He's about three inches taller after yeah. that one, right? And then he goes and sticks the guy, and the guy's in the steam. You know, the guy who turned it up should have, you know, taken some precautions. Maybe not get himself into a steam bath that you, you can put the broom in front of. <laughs> all him, you need to do is put up. a toothpick in there, and you're <laughs> yeah. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that 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 I woman. I guess he didn't expect any retaliation. The physical therapist, she was quite attractive, and I would say she was a beauty. We call them. I just think of them as James Bond beauties. She would be in the top four or five beauties. She was. Yeah, very... she was second. She was a secondary character. You know, she wasn't the main. As my friend Billy McAndrew used to say, she wasn't the horizontal interest. No, but he's she's checking out his bruises on his torso, and, yep. and she gets under there, and he goes like that. Yeah, she she couldn't wanted him less at that point in the movie. Yep. And five minutes later, she's getting um, uh, patted on the neck with a mink hand glove. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And well, that was he... Bond. You know, that was the the unspoken part of James Bond. And again, in today's day and age, look, in my opinion, there's room for every kind of person and every kind of, uh, you know, belief in a movie, but they all don't have to be in the same movie. Right. So James Bond is a 
you call him a misogynist today if you want to, but he's a he's a ladies man. They loved him. He loved he liked ladies. women. What's wrong yeah. with that? Now he did like that. a lot of them. I mean, um, right. And... So if you don't like that, you make an, a different movie with a different character that isn't like that. But you don't have to decide. Oh, you know, we don't want James Bond to be that character anymore. That's crazy. By my recollection, I think he was married once. But he didn't cheat on his wife that one time. No, he no, wasn't she, married she, long enough or that she died before. She died, yeah, she died. She, he he did have a first wife. And I think through the history of the movies, when we first meet him, his wife is already dead. Right. So he did date. That's okay. There are people yeah. that date. Would you say in their prime, if 50 women were in a, a room, in a, in a lounge, and James Bond was sitting on the left side of the lounge, and there's all kinds of chairs over there. And on the right side of the lounge was Arnold Palmer. Where do you think the pack of women would go? Are they golfers? <laughs> Still don't know the answer to that yeah. question because Bond played golf, but not yeah. that well. I don't know. I I, <clears throat> I know where I'd go. And not not for any particular reason, but I'd go see Arnie because I, you know, who wouldn't want to have a conversation with that guy? But um, I think the women would flock towards James Bond. Well, in a lot of ways, there's some cross, there's some overlays. So Bond would fly a plane from time to time. Palmer, his whole life until he couldn't see anymore, flew. A plane. There was no, there was no machine ever invented by man new or old that james bond couldn't operate right he figured him out in a minute a collision a, a russian tank he figured out right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the greatest the thing controls. about him it, it screamed fiction so you know to look for any kind of societal comments or anything like that out of a james bond movie is ludicrous he's he's a fictional character that did fictional stuff Unbelievable Great. stuff, stuff no one else could ever do, you know, in real life. So by a man named Ian Fleming, who lived 100 years ago or whatever, give or take, right? In, uh, yeah. In, uh, was it, uh, he lived in the Caribbean. Was it Jamaica? That's where he lived, right? Jamaica? I think Jamaica, yeah. His little one and only, his little place that was beautiful, backed up to the beach. And he wrote on the old-fashioned manual typewriter all these little stories and five and, stories yeah right incredible right. he created this character that's Batman. not just the character then the then you have the the villains blofeld or goldfinger or uh vargas and thunderball what was his name vargas or what maybe that was the henchman ernst stavros blofeld but then there was the you know the really odd job you know they broke the mold after odd job the invincible villain he was never you could never turn him you couldn't turn him and you couldn't beat him unless you unless you're smart like james unless Bond. you electrocuted him like yeah. Like, yeah. Did. but then they came up with in the roger moore movies richard kyle played uh jaws you know and then in one of those movies he little, gets married to a girl and yeah he flies down there are birds chirping yeah it's it's yeah it was fun but it was too. yeah I, mean, I think they made a mistake because they brought the good the, the evil over to the good which that's not yeah, they, what... they they basically spoofed themselves and it was better than no james bond but it certainly didn't live up to the previous or then the ones afterwards i think the new james bonds with uh daniel craig they're a little darker 
they're less you know gadget minded but they're they're good solid you know movies and and he he took on a persona of james bond that's his own he didn't try and copy an existing one and he's much more serious he's a much more serious heartless so to speak bond than than all the other ones well it sometimes had multiple bad guys like in casino royale the guy he meets and i've been at, i stayed at the resort in uh the Bahamas, uh, the one and only, where they played that poker game. It's sure. really a cocktail lounge. They created a poker table there. Right. But the guy he played there was a bad guy. Yeah. He thought he had a good poker game. He went to his pocket to get more money, and the dealer said, "Sorry, table stakes here." And he had his car, you know, whatever that was. These on are the on the ta table. These are on the table. There's but that guy was a bad issue. guy, right? Right. Yeah. These are there's another continuity issue because. He, he says the car keys are on the table, so they let him play that. So Bond wins the car, and then he ends up, you know, saying, oh, and the valet ticket. <laughs> well, if the guy valeted the car, how come he's got the keys? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that one. Because I've been to that spot, but then there was the guy that's going to blow up the plane. Who was yeah, the he's another guy. bad guy, yeah. There, so there's multiple, and, there's and then there's the and then there's the whole slew of bad guys that are mean. The sheep. Well, that, oh, yeah. and the guys above him, Mr. White, who well, who, who he ends up shooting at the end, and and the uh, the Italian the, Afri actor. the African guys. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, those guys were the worst. Oops. Yeah. With the with the things chopping that hands or arms. Oh off yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the bad guys of the all the bad guys, either the newer version, middle versions, or the older versions, which. Which was the best of bad guys in your mind? Odd job. My job. Odd job. To me, as a kid, when I saw that movie, and the the way I saw it was interesting. I, I I've mentioned it before, but he looked invincible. And you know, you you didn't know yet that Bond was basically invincible and how he was ever going to get out of that when he's trapped down there with Odd Job. But Odd Job was like, lock the door behind me. I'm going up, I'm going down with the ship. I'm gonna the bomb, you know, they could. Our job could have just hung around and did nothing because James Bond didn't know how to stop the bomb. But instead, they decided to fight until the bomb went off. And fortunately, they Bond was able to stop the bomb on. I think it was with 007 seconds left. But, yes, it was. Yeah, but that may have been as tough a situation that he had to get out of. So, but the same thing came up in uh, Diamonds Are Forever, right? The, yeah, with uh, the two guys. Yeah, the two guys that every time they met somebody from the school teacher in Antwerp, right? She got it. Yeah. Oh, geez. What was she saying? Unless it rained, and, and then she then she's in the the river, face yeah. down, and <laughs> Mister, what were the Mister Wint? Kid, Mister Wint, and Mister Kid. Mister Kid, yeah. But yeah. they didn't have to hit you over the head with it. Again, there's room for everything. Yeah. everywhere you just don't have to you don't have to make a point of it uh, you know no they let the mind they let the mind figure that out yeah and, uh, that, that you have to have faith in your audience and your viewing audience and and you know network tv obviously has no faith in their net in their audience they just copy each other and stuff like that but the guys who make movies that are you know you don't know what's going on, but you have the faith that you're going to know what's going on, you know, like Tarantino or the Coen brothers or, you know, Guy Ritchie, you're going to get the whole story. You're not going to leave the theater thinking, I don't know what happened. Right. <clears throat> so you just, unfortunately, some movies and a lot of the old movies too, they hit you right over the head with everything like Robin Hood, as much as I love Errol Flynn as Robin Hood. How many times do they say, 
We're meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest. Meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest. Meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest. It's like 40 times. We get it. You could have said it like twice. <laughs> but they, you know. That's beyond foreshadowing. It's it's uh, yeah. overdoing it. Yeah, it's overdoing it. What's your favorite Guy Ritchie film? You, you've mentioned him on a couple occasions. I like Snatch and I like The Gentleman. Um, and Snatch is an early one. It's just, I recommend anyone who's listening to this that hasn't seen Snatch go you know, rent it or watch it on Netflix or wherever it is and watch it with subtitles because uh, there's a part in that movie played by Brad Pitt where he's, he plays a gypsy bare knuckle boxer and you can't understand half of what he says. It's a, it's an amazing role. He, he, I think Brad Pitt should have gotten some kind of an award for it. He's, he's ridiculously good in that role. And Jason Statham's the lead. And then there's a whole bunch of other British characters of all kinds. Boris the Bullet Dodger. Well, why do they call him that? Because he dodges bullets, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's just an awesome, awesome movie. And you Vinnie know. Jones, Vinnie Jones is also in it. Vinnie Jones is uh was a, a, a very good soccer player and I guess a physical one. <clears throat> and he plays uh bullet tooth Tony in, in that movie. And he, he, he's he's awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, you brought up uh, the subtitles. Our kids, and maybe your kids do this too. We watch, I don't know if you saw Ple Ple Pleaky Binders or Peaky yeah, Blinders. Yeah, Peaky Blinders, yeah. You have oh, to watch God. that with subtitles because you can't understand the yeah. the, 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 the the brogue or the, the slang. Same idea. And, and, and Snatch, there's one part with the subtitles where Brad Pitt says something. <clears throat> and the, the subtitles is a dot, 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 question mark, dot, dot, dot. They don't even know what he said. And, 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 the, and the two guys that he says it to, one of them says to the other, do you have any idea what he just said? Yeah. It's like, no. no. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's funny. It's action-packed. It's got twists and turns in the plot. It's, it's, awesome. it's an awesome movie. Awesome movie. I put it in my top five favorite movies of all time. So, Well, three points I want to make before we wrap here. One, what do you see... Is the next James Bond film and perhaps character? You, you mentioned Eldris. I, I, yeah, I'd like to see him as. I'd the love James to Bond. see him doing it, but I think what's going to happen now is there's going to be one or two horrible attempts at either making a woman James Bond, which I have no problem with, except she's not going to be James Bond. So, it, you know, if you want to create a woman agent that has the capabilities or even more capabilities than James Bond, do it. Make her make her 008. Yeah. You don't have to co-opt an existing character and turn it into something else based on some political stance. So I think there's going to be a couple of attempts like that that are, you know, way more interested in ma making a point than making a movie. But then, as always happens, the need will arise. Somebody will see it like, let's put it, let's make a great James Bond movie. And then they'll come up with, maybe with somebody you've never heard of. Who knows? It was like in 1983. That was the only time they did two releases in the same year. Octopussy, right. you know, and uh, and that was Roger Moore. But then they released Never Say Never with Sean Connery. Right. And they, they have, everybody has their ups and downs where they get out of their knitting and they realize, gee, let's not mess with the proven formula here. Right. Let's come exactly. up with a better plot, better gadgets, better beauties. So Which is, I think that that's what I think they did when they came up with the Daniel Craig movies. I think they, they hit the nail on the head. They're not all my favorite Bond movies. In fact, the last one, one of my least favorite movies of all time, but they hit the nail on the head as far as 
sticking with the character, the capability of the character, the flying around, you get to see the world, you get to see the gadgets, you got to see him flying, you know, jumping around and doing, chasing people up buildings and down girders and, you know, it was entertainment top to bottom. No statements. You said you like to watch the opening credits. To me, that's why I've watched Dr. No, which is my favorite, more times than any other one. Because I think the beginning of it, the simplicity of the three blind guys walking yeah. to the club yep. and then the guys playing, you know, the, you know, the privileged guys, you know, playing cards in the middle of the day. Yeah, probably late in the day. It was probably four o'clock. Let's give them credit that they might have worked from ten o'clock in the morning till two. Nobody, nobody was working down there. Nobody was working down there. <laughs> it was one big tea, and yep. then when you were finished with tea, you went home, took a nap, and then you went out to dinner at nine o'clock and repeated. And you, and right? you might have bumped into James Bond, you know, if you're the baccarat table. Yeah, yeah. So that I like that and the journeys as I said in other episodes is what I like in movies and and they deliver yeah, and that's that. a great that's a great point I agree whether you're that. in the cockpit or you're on a train or you're on the motorcycle with them but yeah, so the scenery what, is great yeah who's your favorite bond beauty I'd be I'd be you know, you're gonna piss off all the other ones you're gonna piss off all the other ones come on say one I, I kind of like Ursula Andrus and she was married to uh, John Derrick. Yep. Who then ended up marrying Bo Derrick. Oh, wait, and he married her and Bo Derrick? Yeah. What a quidella. Yeah. I, there might have been, and, and Linda Evans as well. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he, he kind of had, had a type. He yeah. had a type. Outstanding, outstandingly yeah. beautiful. And, and he was a photographer. And years ago, actually, I was out at a, a, a boxing match in Las Vegas. I ran Barkley against Tommy Hearns. And Bo Derek was there. We were at the press meetings and stuff like that because my friend owned the, the contract on Barkley, who beat Hearns in a big upset. So I actually had my picture taken with Bo Derek by John Derek with my camera. Who would have thought we would go from Babes in the Woods to Babes at uh, James Bond? But Ursula Andress is my favorite. Yeah, I do like some of the others. I think the 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 gal, the woman in uh, Russia, would love. What a great uh there are some real talented people that they played particular yeah, roles Halle Berry was one yeah but she then was there was in... the, the the or the bad guy was Grace Jones in yeah. that one you know the who turned the out Christopher, to be okay Grace a view Jones to kill and... yeah you know she was a badass right yeah yeah, uh, yeah no Grace the, Jones was yeah view to kill was played with I think a great actor Christopher Walken just a he was he was really good in that yeah, one. Yeah, he's he's a unique uh, actor, Christopher Walken. Well, 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 we have exhausted odd job here. He's our character, the best. He's you can't pay him. Yeah. He can't talk back to you, right? He never talks. Uh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, right here. Uh, uh, what was uh, it? A penfolds uh, penfolds number one or a penfolds yeah, number yeah. seven? I'm playing a slashinger. Strict rules of golf, Mr. Goldfinger. Well, it yeah, does ten. come back to ball, golf. Those weren't gutta perches. They weren't quite baladas, but he put one of those pen folds in it and he crushed it to dust. Yeah. So that's what, done. that's what was so great. Even in, even Bond's face when he does that is like, oh boy, this is not going to be an easy, you know, finale with this guy. Well, he was, a, he, Connery was a good actor and that's why he had such a long career. He wasn't a great, he wasn't, 
Olivier, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't even as good of an actor as Brad Pitt, but he was a good actor. He he could play his parts and he was, he had the, you know, charisma. His voice, his talk, the way he talked, you know, he was, he was, you know, very enjoyable character. Even in some, he was in a movie with Michael Caine called The Man Who Would Be King. He was great in that movie. That's a fantastic movie, by the way, with, uh, Christopher Plummer and the man who would be king. Another one that I would recommend. Love Christopher anyone. Plummer. Yep, he yeah. plays Rudyard Kipling in that movie, and uh, was... and Michael Caine and and uh, Sean Connery decide to go take over the world to go places where you know they can be kings. It's a great movie. I have to watch that one. Well, Christopher Plummer ended. He he lived just south of here in the southern part of Palm Beach in a place called Manalapan. Um, but I think it might have been Knives Out. He was in that. I don't know yeah. if he did any movies after that, but Knives Out has got quite a following. And now there's another one by the same crew and uh, Daniel Craig's in it. That's why I like it, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's going to be a series of those movies with that kind of thought. Well, Daniel Craig made a movie called Layer Cake, which was a British kind of all over the place movie, gangsters and drugs and getting the upper hand and so forth. And some of the scenes of that movie were shot at Stoke Park, which is where the, the uh, golf club where Oddjob and Goldfinger yeah. took on James Bond. So That's really, yeah. really interesting. I, I also like that fact that there's a, a base in London, in England, with James Bond, right? Yeah. But it's not entirely about being in England. You get to places... Gosh, You're hardly it, ever there. In the, in the newer <laughs> movies, you end up back there because there's assaults on MI6 and stuff like that. But no, you're on trains going all over the world. You're in planes. You're, you know, crashing. It's, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about James Bond. You're up it's in the fiction. moon. You're in the moon. <laughs> yeah. You're getting swallowed yeah. by the, the big capsule. Or the, or the big spaceship. Is that, that's swallowed. in, uh, it's in You Only Live Twice, right? Where Yeah, where they're the, shooting rocket ships out of the volcano. Yeah. And that was where, was that was that the one where the girl had a I forget where she had a bikini on and she took the little tape recorder and put it in her bikini and that's Jill St. John. That's, that oh, was, that's in yeah. Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, yeah. Jill St. John was a you're great showing a girl. little. You're showing a little too much cheek. <laughs> <laughs> well, the part I like is the beginning when he pretends to be Peter Franks and comes up to her room and she walks in. What does she do? She walks in as a blonde. Yeah, and when she says, "Wait, I'll slip into something more comfortable." Within thirty seconds, she she's comes out redhead, and just, yeah. she's a redhead. Yeah, <laughs> and she gets him, she gets him to have a drink, just for the purposes of getting his thumbprint right to yeah. do a fingerprint check on him. Yeah, another great gadget. She yeah. had a fingerprint reader, and she would, and she was so much more capable in the beginning of that movie than at the end. You know, that little cassette that she took out. Bond had already switched it, and then she undid what he did. So. He saved the world, and she unsaved the world. And she yeah. said, we better get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing you could always count on in, in pretty much every Bond movie. In the last 10 minutes, everything's blowing up. Everything, Everything's blowing up. There's not going to be anything left standing. Wherever he is, the whole place is coming down. Whether it's, like it's Casino Royale, where Venice basically comes all down, or... It's like the guns of Navarone. Everything just... Yep. You know, that's right. And that's what you want to see. Actually, Goldfinger's an exception to that, but pretty much the only exception. 
They couldn't yeah. blow up Fort Knox. No. Seven West, I have to say, you're right. If you think about Seven West, it might be the second choice of the eight par threes at Wingfoot that where there be a large bet, you'd go and try to, for a par. It, it would be my second choice. Yeah. Weigh in, listeners. If you've played Wingfoot, let us know which your choice of holes to play for a thou. If you had to put a thousand dollars of your own money up or something more than that to make a part, no, no, no odds. It's even money, right, Billy? Like if you had to wear a Jets jersey, if you don't make a part. If you want to hear audio, you can go to Spotify or other places where you can find audio. Uh, we'll try to do a better job. So the audio is interesting, as interesting as the video you find on YouTube. Yep. And you can always count on us for alternate shots. We get off topic sometimes and. We just let the conversation take us where it takes us. So we hope you enjoy that. Thanks for joining Billy us Casper, today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please Marky. subscribe to the Two show. Adder. And hit Claude the bell Harmon. icon so you get notified. Movie classics. New episodes. Mark Gable. Hit them hard. Job. And hit them off. That's 36 holes.